You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Episode 13, Quiverful Part 1. No, children are a blessing. They're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. We're supposed to be having lots of children according to the Bible. Psalm 127 says this. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. God says children are a blessing. We should want to have our quiver full of them. It's a, it's a joy and a blessing and a good thing to have children. So when you teach this and you say, hey, be fruitful, multiply, increase abundantly, exceedingly, have children. Don't use birth control. You don't need to be Onan. You don't need to murder your own children. You don't need to sit there and abstain from a physical relationship from your spouse during the best parts of the month. No, the Bible is telling us to have children. People will say this. Well, if you do that, you're just going to get pregnant every nine months. And that's not healthy. That's what they'll say, won't they? If you, you heard this opposition. Now, personally, I don't think that that's healthy for women to have children every nine or ten months. And frankly, that's why God didn't design it that way. And that's why even though my wife and I use no birth control, we do not have children every nine or 10 months. You say, Pastor Anderson, how do you do it? How are you not having children every 11, 12 months, Pastor Anderson? What's the deal? What's your secret? Hosea chapter one, verse eight says this. Now when she had weaned lo Ruhama, she conceived and bare a son. When did this woman conceive? When she weaned. Why? Because breastfeeding will stop you from getting pregnant. Simply breastfeeding your baby regularly and exclusively can help you prevent another pregnancy for six months. How does it work? Well, if you breastfeed exclusively, that means no formula or other baby foods, the hormones in your body will naturally change to prevent ovulation, the release of an egg. No egg, no pregnancy. This all happens naturally without a prescription or any medication. Breastfeeding is safe, simple, and convenient. There are no negative side effects. There's nothing to buy. There are a lot of great health and nutrition benefits for your baby and for you. Breastfeeding is incredibly effective as birth control. So effective that for every 100 women who breastfeed continuously for the first six months after birth, only one or two of them will get pregnant. It is 99% effective if you do it properly. If you breastfeed on demand, your child, that will prevent you from getting pregnant again until it is naturally safe to do so. Look, God designed it in his wisdom. The medically unsound advice you've just been listening to is part of training materials that are used to promote the Quiverful movement. Quiverful is a very fundamentalist Christian movement that is gaining hold in the United States. As a matter of fact, you may already know somebody who is part of this movement 
and you just don't realize it. This series is in two parts. The first part is an interview with Catherine Joyce, who literally wrote the book on the Quiverful Movement. And the second part is with a woman who grew up in Quiverful and left when she was in her 20s. To describe the beliefs of Quiverful, you need look no further than The Handmaid's Tale and Gilead. It is Bible-believing Christianity that believes in the dominion of God over all laws. Here to explain more is my guest, Catherine Joyce. Catherine is a, a writer and an author. You can find her writing in the New York Times, Medium, Huffington Post, Highline, New York Daily News, The Atlantic, Slate, The Daily Beast, Fox, Mother Jones, The Intercept, and more. Welcome, Catherine. Catherine, can you explain what Quiverful is? Because a lot of people might not be aware that it isn't its own church. You're never going to see the name Quiverful on the outside of a building. So Quiverful is, I would say, more more of a movement, more of kind of a sub-community within evangelical and fundamentalist Christian churches that span a, a whole number of denominations and sort of orientations. But really, kind of the core belief is that this this is a lifestyle, a means of living out your anti-abortion or pro-life convictions completely by demonstrating to the world that children are an unqualified blessing, and you're demonstrating that by having as many of those children as God will give you, in, in the words of this movement. What major tenets are associated most closely with Quiverful? It's a sort of bottom-up movement, so you know, there is there is no kind of formal doctrine, but what often goes along with it is a pretty extreme embrace of the ideas of patriarchy. Um, so kind of keeping in mind that within conservative Christian circles, particularly kind of, you know, the, the right side of evangelical Christianity or fundamentalist Christianity, patriarchy is not a bad word. Um, it is it is a lifestyle that they embrace. It is something that they see as a biblical teaching for the correct biblical gender roles for men and women, that men should be gracious leaders and that women should be um, you know, submissive helpmeets to their husbands to, to help their husband kind of accomplish their, their goals and purpose in life. So Quiverful as, as a movement definitely usually encompasses a lot of aspects of the patriarchy conviction or ideology or movement. Um, and that, you know, you see that kind of along a spectrum as well from, from people who just have in their marriage this sort of this kind of token appreciation for that, that, you know, couple, the parents will mo mostly make decisions jointly, but officially the father and the husband has the final say to couples who embrace the ideas of patriarchy in such a strict um, and legalistic way that you know, they talk about women should not be able to vote because there's the possibility that her vote might cancel out her husband's vote or, uh, you know, women perhaps shouldn't be able to drive. Certainly, you know, there should be strict limits on what kind of authority women should have, not just within their families, but also kind of within the the broader world of, you know, whether or not um, it's proper for women if they were to work outside the home. It's kind of a whole nother question there. But if they were, is it is it proper for them to have jobs that put them in positions of authority over men? Another big part of it is homeschooling. Um, you know, that is not, you, you don't have to homeschool in order to be quiverful, 
but I would say the vast majority of people in this movement do, um, you know, if only for the fact that they, they have these very strong convictions uh, that are often, you know, make them very reluctant to send their children to public school or even sometimes to a private Christian school, which they would feel is insufficiently adhering to the Bible. Would you then say that a lot of Quiverful families are distrustful of the government? Absolutely. I think that there's a there's a pretty big distrust of the government. I My book came out in 2009, so I haven't done a ton of reporting um, on this movement since. I, I can't say exactly how this community would feel about the current government. I think that there are probably some aspects of, of the Trump administration, probably not Trump himself, but the people he surrounded himself with that they would be more supportive of. Um, but they are typically, you know, very conservative uh, people. They they typically think that, you know, not just the, the general Republican perspective that uh, government should not be large and, you know, it should be, you know, the famous words that it should be small enough that you can drown it in a bathtub. Um, but they actually, a lot of them adhere to the principles of um, another religious movement called dominionism that we can get into a little bit if you want. Um, but that's, you know, basically the idea that, you know, God is the ultimate authority and for government to have legitimacy, uh, it, it should base its role should be basically compelling people to, to live Christ-like lives, to, to, to be, um, you know, very devout believers and, you know, some people within the dominionist circle would take that so far as to say that Old Testament rules uh, should be applied as laws. You know, the most kind of controversial ways that that has been presented publicly is saying that Old Old Testament punishments should be applied as well, including stoning for, you know, adulterers or for LGBTQ people, since they would be, you know, breaking so-called biblical uh, rules about, you know, sex and marriage. What are some of the reasons why these families would choose to homeschool? A huge one is you, you want to keep them within the fold. Um, there is, there's a pretty great fear of, you know, the outside world being a temptation to your, to your children. Um, and there are a lot of restrictions placed on on young people within these movements to to keep them away from all those forms of temptation um you know it's in a sort of more light form you can see the the same things happening with more mainstream evangelical movements around chastity that you know you're trying to put these these barriers up between young people and adult decisions that, that they will have to make eventually, um, and just to sort of keep those things at bay. And so I think, you know, they, they had seen that, uh, children going off to college or to public schools before that start asking questions, um, about their faith in, in ways that they didn't want them to be asking. They want to, to keep those generations faithful and devout. A big part of, the bigger picture uh, of the Quiverful movement as it was conceived in the 80s and 90s was this idea of one one leader would later put it this way of generational faithfulness. The idea that if you can keep, you know, 
generation after generation kind of committed to the same goal of having lots of children, raising them to be faithful and devout, raising the the girls to become mothers who will grow up and have lots of children of their own and raising the boys to be men who are going to go out and reclaim the culture in kind of the political and social and cultural spheres that eventually you are just going to have a mass of people that is your is such that you are going to kind of win the culture wars demographically. And that's very much their their own argument and very close to their own war, words. One of the, the first books that was advocating for the principles of Quiverful, uh, you know, advertised on its back flap, like, imagine us being able to reclaim San Francisco for the faithful. Um, so it was really this idea that numbers will win this war. Um, but in order for that to work, you can't have your kids go off and defect and become secular, secular humanists. You, you have to keep them committed to, to the same idea and, and the same ideology and the, and the same ultimate goals. So I think that that is, that is a big one. And I think, you know, there are a lot of other, you know, kind of more earthly reasons that people would be more attracted to to homeschooling. People, Christians, a lot of them didn't like that, you know, prayer in in school uh, went away at a certain point. They, you know, don't like surely uh, whatever level of sex ed there there is. I mean, in some schools that is something legitimate, and some some schools it it might as well be nothing. Um, it's just abstinence only. But they wouldn't want that discussed in front of their children anyway. Uh, for for some of the more fundamentalist families, um, you know, who are likely to believe in creationism um, or kind of have, there are a lot of kind of homeschool, cons- like far-right homeschooling texts that um, in- include very different lessons on, you know, not even science issues, but the basic U.S. history issues. Uh, in in terms particularly around the Civil War, that they they might not agree um, with just the curriculum that's being used, and they want to have a lot more control over over how their their children are being raised. Um, it is it is such kind of a point of pride within this movement that your children are an extension of yourself, and that your family is is basically one militarized unit for one. And we could talk more about that kind of military terminology in a minute. Um, but also that uh, your family is an advertisement for Christ. Um, and so you want your family to be as as good and as powerful an advertisement for Christ as possible. For more on this episode, including the rest of the interview, bonus episodes, and bonus material, including production notes, head over to patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. You can find Unbelief on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can visit the website at onbelief.com.